Is the Rockstar fanbase ungrateful? Is Rockstar owed anything? Do I think the Rockstar fanbase is ungrateful? Uh, no. Rockstar clearly does not have an interest in giving their fans what they want. Like, they don't even have fucking servers. They're literally still running off peer to peer. There is nothing that Rockstar can ever do that will make them a good company at this point. Still having peer to peer with the amount of money that they have, allowing hackers to run rampant in entirely because they have peer to peer, seemingly. No, the fans aren't ungrateful. It is certainly clear that Rockstar could have additional mechanisms in place to catch cheaters. I do not understand why they don't implement them. The idea that with a mod menu you can give yourself billions of dollars in seconds and not trip any kind of system that catches such things, it boggles my mind. Peer-to-peer -peer is a flawed mechanism for security, impossible to secure correctly when there are too many people that have the repercussion machine. It's, it's, it's foolishness. I just assume they believe that the cost is not worth it because they wouldn't get additional people playing or whatever. Um, this late into the game, perhaps. It's just interesting, like, I watched these videos by, wish I knew his name, is it Puggers? I, I'm, I'm not sure. Um, where he talks about Jagex, the people who run RuneScape. Uh, and it, he talks about the mechanisms they use to catch botters and cheaters in, in a game that simple. I mean, it's, it's simple, but like, it's, it's, it has its own, its complexities, of course. But they have so many different systems in place trying to take these botters out of the game. It's also very interesting listening to all the ways that people try to cheat the game. But Rockstar doesn't seem to have anything like this. It almost makes me want to become conspiratorial and think that someone at Rockstar is working with these mod teams to make money. Because on some level, the only way to have a really good playing experience in online is to have a mod menu yourself, even if just to protect yourself from other people's mod menus. But you gotta pay for that. I have considered getting a mod menu for GT Online. If I was just a casual dude, I probably would just so I could play the game. I wouldn't, I probably wouldn't want to use the stuff in it, but just to protect myself. But because I'm a Twitch streamer, I am not allowed to break the TOS of the games that I play. If I break Rockstar's TOS, then I can potentially get banned on Twitch. But clearly Rockstar has no interest in defending me or my ability to play the game. It's why I've always said it's just amazingly absurd to suggest that I owe Rockstar something considering how passionately they do not give a shit about whether I can play GT Online. But I do, I'm, I'm not naive, I do understand that a lot of the things that I experience with GT Online are not necessarily the norm for everyone. Like, if you understand all the systems already, if you understand where all the menus are and how to do everything, even though the menus are unnecessarily convoluted, you aren't going to have as many problems. If you're just a regular person, you, sure, you're going to be, you're going to experience modders and become annoyed sometimes, but you'll just change session or go offline for an hour or something. Last time I got harassed by modders while doing the, trying to do the new heist, I, I ended my stream but I didn't stop trying to play GT Online. I tried to play GT Online off stream and I couldn't do it. Because once they have your Rockstar ID, they can know when you log on. So the, so whatever person had that mod menu, or, or they would just sit around the very nanosecond that I would I would come online, they would they would fuck with me again.
they would start trying to pull me from the session that I was in. And there was nothing I could do. A player in chat suggests that they can no longer pull you from a session. So maybe I could play online again now. But these issues pop up like every month, every two months. Can you, you can't imagine how frustrating it is being on stream and suddenly having a five to 10 minute loading screen to leave a, a game. Like that's annoying for a casual player to some degree, but when you're a content creator with thousands of people watching, that doesn't become a problem for just you. It becomes a problem for thousands of people. A difficulty that I have with GT Online is no longer just my problem, my slight inconvenience. It's an inconvenience for potentially thousands of people. And so I have more reason than the average person to get annoyed at various different problems that GT Online has. And I recognize that. There are tons of people who play GT Online for PC who are like, yeah, I get annoyed sometimes, but it's not that big of a deal. And I can totally understand that sentiment. And so sometimes when I want to be overly charitable to Rockstar, I'm like, look, yeah, I understand going to extreme lengths just for me would be crazy. You know, just for us content creators would be crazy. But then again, we content creators do give Rockstar so much benefit. It is an, ind it's an indisputable fact that there are people right now playing GT Online just because they were reminded the game existed because of my content. There are people who have bought the game specifically because they've seen my content. It is not inconceivable that I have generated millions of dollars for Rockstar. But it is also, of course, the case if, again, talking about intention, effort, I did not do anything to help Rockstar. Nothing about what I'm doing is with the express purpose of helping Rockstar. So giving me credit for that is probably unwise. In the same way that Rockstar, in the development of GTA 5, didn't do that for my benefit, don't care whether it benefited me, but it did, right? So we're both benefiting each other inadvertently, unintentionally. So giving either of us credit for helping the other is probably unwise. But at the same time, I, I, I just want to play GT Online, you know? I would, I would very much so prefer a reality where Rockstar uh, considers to me, me to be a vital asset and will actually go to effort on my behalf, you know? Do I think a story without Dan Hauser will be compelling? I don't find GTA 5 story to be amazing to any degree. I think it facilitates gameplay, which is all that a story really needs to do. I am not a story-driven gamer. I read books, I listen to audiobooks, I watch movies, I watch TV shows, I watch YouTube videos, I, all these things to get stories. Games, I play for gameplay. I find video games to be, in general, a poor medium for communicating stories. That doesn't mean that games can't have good stories, but it's rare that a game, it's rare that a game story couldn't have been better if it was a TV show or a movie. It's very hard to make a game where the gameplay helps tell the story or the gameplay doesn't get in the, in the way of the story or the story doesn't get in the way of the gameplay. Having gameplay and story perfectly complement each other is a hard thing to do. And I think GTA 5 strikes a decent balance with that. But clearly it's more gameplay focused. It's not obsessed with the idea of telling a, a brand new amazing story. It has interesting characters, captivating characters, those that are memorable, it has events that are memorable. But if you take it down to moment to moment, what you're doing and think about it hard, it's not like a very complex, amazing story, right? Yes, as I was saying, I have no idea how impactful anyone who has left Rockstar was to making the gameplay 
what it is. But I'm more interested in those people still being around. Because outside of The Lost and the Damned, I like the gameplay of every Rockstar game. Certainly some of the older ones, without mods, have things in them that uh, I'm, I'm not a fan of or, or that, that make me annoyed or whatever. But on the whole, I like what they create. As I've said many times, people think I don't like GT Online. I like the gameplay of GT Online. I like doing a deathmatch. I like doing the races. It, it's, it has enough complexity for it to be interesting, but not so overly complex that I feel overwhelmed or get annoyed. See, I don't, I don't particularly care. As long as the story isn't bad in GTA 6, I'm gonna be happy. Mitch Jones and Ms. Kiff. Who's my favorite streamer right now? I guess it, I guess it has to be Ms. Jones. That's weird, weird to say. I wonder to what extent my liking Mitch Jones has anything to do with his prior affiliation with Wreckful. I mean, certainly they had a rocky end to that, so I don't know, but. Like, he reminds me of Wreckful. His content reminds me of Wreckful to a, to a degree. He's certainly uh, not as smart as Wreckful was, but I, I can't help but like watching his content. I think it's just because he's so good at the game. So knowledgeable and passionate at, at WoW PvP that it's just interesting to have on in the background. His uh, taste in music isn't particularly bad either. And his theme song is great. It's made by um, Constera. As I've mentioned in previous streams, I'm really liking... Um, Constera's most recent two songs, the one about Mitch Jones and the one about Soda Poppin, even while acknowledging that the lyrics are somewhat crude. But I suppose uh, both streamers can be crude to uh, some degree themselves. I can totally imagine that a portion of people in my audience hearing the latest song about Soda Poppin would not approve of its lyrics. <laughs> what I think of Mizkif? Interesting character. He seems to be a likable enough fellow, if not overly remarkable. I can I cannot imagine Mizkif would argue that he is remarkable in some sense, but he he does seem to be a, a friendly enough guy. I can understand his success to a degree. I say to a degree because I'm sure there's endless likable fellows uh, in the zero viewer category. If I, from what I know of Mizkif's rise, he started out as a cameraman for Ice Poseidon. Uh, and I guess through there he gained some small audience and gained connections to streamers. I mean, once you have at least some level of audience, or once you've gotten out of the 100, 200 viewer range, you're going to have a, a, an easier time of achieving some greater level of success, you know? It's... It's the name of a movie, the, your, your first million's always the hardest, or whatever. I mean, that's... The expression being, getting off the ground is the hardest part. The growing once you're off the ground is uh, far easier. Uh, Mizkif also used to make... <sighs> what, what, were, what were they titled? The, the, the History Of videos. Um, like, the History Of Ninja, or, or whatever. The videos were somewhat satirical. In that there were some things that were clearly hyperbolic and just jokes, um, but they did seem to contain significant elements of truth, I think, maybe? Like, they were based on something. It wasn't like he was writing a complete bullshit narrative. I am 50 years old. Someone referenced, um, someone on Twitter told me that if you Google Dark Viper AU age, 
it would come up and tell me that tell people that I'm 50 years old. 50. And I jokingly wrote on Twitter, like, this is completely wrong. In fact, I'm ageless. ageless. My age cannot be quantified. I will exist as long as existence is possible. I am the fabric. I'm, uh, I'm the glue that holds the fabric of reality together. Please fix. And they did fix it, thankfully. But they still got it wrong. They said I'm 29, so. Which, sure, in, like, human years, that's how old I am. But it's not exactly accurate. <laughs> I look 45. I do not. Certainly, when I'm clean-shaven, uh, I do more look my age. I do... I think <laughs> I think when I'm uh, somewhat sleep-deprived or overworked or whatever, I look a bit older, but um, I do think that people assume I'm younger than I am. But not just in part because of my age, but possibly because of how I act or um, the career that I have, even. Or maybe also because my audience, like the average of my audience is younger, so people just assume I'm close to their age. I mean, that's kind of how I do things. Like, when I find out another content creator is 21 or something, when I, when I, uh, well, no, Dream, Dream's a bad example because I don't really know him personally. Um, how old is Clint Stevens? I remember being surprised how old he was. I was like, oh, really? You know? You really thought I was 40? Hmm. Perhaps I am simply an enigma. I cannot be easily understood. What's that line? Um, my complex machinations are lost upon the mind of the average man. <laughs> I, was, uh, I was trying to reference uh, ProZD there, but don't think it went very well. My history with Souls games. Have I ever considered playing Dark Souls? Because I keep getting new viewers, I recognize that it's not as though everyone's going to watch my back catalog or know of my history. So for the new people, once upon a time, I speed ran Dark Souls 3. I wasn't particularly good at it. I mean, I was might have been like in the top 20 of the category I did, but I did complete, you know, a dozen runs or whatever. I do, did, I do have like three, 400 hours in the game. I have completed Dark Souls 1 twice. I've completed Bloodborne. I finished uh, Dark Souls 2 once. I got a PlayStation 4 specifically to play the original Demon Souls. I have finished Sekiro. I love Souls. As a franchise, Souls I prefer over GTA. No individual Souls game do I prefer over GTA 5. But as a totality, I prefer the Souls franchise over the GTA franchise. And if I would assess, like, do I prefer Dark Souls 1 or San Andreas, like, I mean, we can, you can kind of debate that, but... Like, my explanation before about how I view story and stuff, like, you can see how I would be a Souls fan. It's mainly focused on the gameplay. There is a story, and it's a cool story, but you have to kind of suss it out. I wonder how many people actually suss out the story of Souls themselves versus just, just watching the YouTube videos. And I wonder when they're writing the story for the game, Given how obscure it is and how much you have to put together, I wonder how much they believe they're just making stuff for YouTubers. <laughs> they're writing something like, oh, those 10 YouTubers that do Souls lore are really gonna like what we're writing here. <laughs> you know? Possibly making a Cameo account. Cameo is a website where you can pay money to have semi-famous people say things for you. I had a person emailing email me that they were hoping that I could say a line to it they could include in one of their raps. I think it was something like, 
it's, it's not exactly this line, but it's like, it's, to the sense of the rapping you're about to hear is really fast and I would know I'm a speedrunner, something like that. Um, I think I would do it just to the hell of it. You always worry when a person asks you to do a sound file that would be included in something that you won't want it to be included in, or it's a troll and they're just trying to fuck with you or whatever, but... I guess I probably should start that cameo if people are going to start asking me to do stuff like that. Not because I necessarily want to uh, get money from doing such things, but I... It would weed out trolls or um, insincere people or, or, you know, people just spamming my inbox. If I have some official avenue for people to make such requests. My accent and watching Australian content. No, I am, I'm Australian. My parents are Australian, their parents are Australian, but uh, I don't have the stereotypical Australian accent. I have the cultivated British accent, apparently, which is a form of Australian accent. I have seen videos that put Australian accents into three categories, and I exist in the cultivated one, apparently. The Australian accent is changing due to the media. That's certainly a possibility. For me, certainly, it is a fact that I have listened to uh, more non-Australians than Australians speak in my life. At this point, I'd say. Certainly when I was younger, I would listen to more Australians, but these days, as I uh, don't really have any real-life friends and uh, don't see my family particularly all that often, and I'm, I'm online all, all, all the time, you know, most videos that I watch aren't Australian videos. Who is my favorite Australian content creator? Oh, of, of course, well, Internet Historian and um, Economics Explained. So it's two. I guess given that Internet Historian is a uh, comedy, I, I guess I prefer him over Economics Explained, but it's completely different content. You know? Oh, Potholder is uh, Australian? Oh, I think I do know that. Yeah, Potholder as well then. Potholder as well. Of course, most Pelican. I mean, we're, we're talking like higher standards, right? I've been watching Potholder and, and uh, Internet Historian far longer. I mean, economics explained, but no offense to Modest, he's a good dude. Because I don't watch Laserbeam's content, I'm always surprised when I look at his numbers and he's getting hundreds of millions of views. I'm like, oh, he must be doing something really good then. I don't know what he does, really. I, I, I just know him as the Fortnite dude. And the few times I've seen him, he's just looked very sad. And I just hope he's doing well, mentally. Why you can take breaks during challenge runs. Is this a one-sit kind of run? No. So, the thing about non-speed runs is, hypothetically speaking, you can just leave the timer going. Like, in a speed run, you can take as many breaks as you want. You just, the timer continues, you know? In a challenge run, there's no real reason you have to do it in one sitting. It'll be more impressive, certainly, but like if I just stopped my car right here and slept in my chair, there's there's nothing you can do about that. I'll still complete the challenge, you know? The challenge has nothing to do with how much of a break you take or how long it takes you. It's completing it. And certainly given that my sleeping pattern sucks and I'm, I'm tired as fuck, I'm better off doing it segmented. How the Clips channel affected my Twitch viewership and sub growth? Do I normally have 4.2k viewers? There was a point, not even like six months ago, where I had dipped down to getting 200 to 400 subs a day on YouTube. And I was like, is this the end? Am I done? 
and you can see the tweets on Twitter. I'm like, ah, oh, man, I, I, the algorithm just doesn't like my stuff anymore. Like, it's, it seems to be only giving my content to people who already watch it. I'm like, what have I done wrong? Is, and people like, and, and Smallland says, yeah, you know, it's probably the time of year, man. You know, school's gone back, and I'm like, I don't know, man. I'm not, I'm not sure that's the case, man. I, I don't, I don't know. I was a, bit, a little bit dismissive of what he was saying. And some other people said this as well, but I just remember Smallland saying it. And um, eventually, I calmed down a bit. Looked at my stats for the previous year, and I did see a similar kind of dip. So I, I messaged Smollett and I apologized. Because um, he, was, he was probably right. Then over time, it started to grow back a bit more. But when I started to upload my clips to my clips channel, my main channel went from like 400 subs to 1,000, and then to 2,000 subs a day. I think it was like a, like a 2.5k a day or something. And then this dream thing happened, and uh, it increased even more. And so while I've noticed since the clip channel became into being my, my viewership increase every stream. Uh, the dream thing has increased it a bit more. Potentially not even just because of the conversation, but because even like uh, Mudaha or whatever, some, uh, some ordinary gamer mentioned me on the, the, his discussion with dream. And there's been a lot of discussion around me for better or for worse in endless different avenues. Like you saw the, the guy come in there and call me a shithead before. But no, uh, I, so to answer your question, no, I don't normally have 4.2k viewers. But it was independent of the dream thing. It was going to happen regardless. The, the, the growth of my viewership was, was going in that direction. And I can't, I can't tell you how much of it is dream versus the Clips channel. Because the Clips channel right now is getting like 150k views an hour. The Clips channel hadn't peaked before the dream thing. It was still going up and up and up. And over the last two weeks, it's gone fucking gangbusters. So I, I, don't, I don't know. But it is nice. Thank you for being here, guys. My old video criticizing some ordinary gamer. Um, how many of you watched Dreams' conversation with uh, Mudaha, um, some ordinary gamer? Type one if you did, type two if you didn't. Because I didn't get to see the contents of it. I was just sent a clip of um, the part where I was mentioned. See, I, I, are you saying that um, Mudaha was critical of me? Um, the reason I ask is because he does have a reason to be critical of me. I just don't think he knows it. So back in the day, there was some drama that Mudaha was involved in. But I was a smaller content creator back then. Uh, I made a video where I was very critical of the man. Um, because of contradictions in statements that I believe that he had made. In regards to, uh, his position on, um, H3H3 and, uh, Things that they may or may not have done. I got some flack over the video, and I would argue rightly so, because, like, I wasn't even tangentially involved in it. Um, like, I, while with the dream thing, it's speedrunning, like, I have a, a big interest in speedrunning, like, I, I barely even watched Some Ordinary Gamer. I did watch a bit of it. I just came down as being really overly critical and over-assuming of malice intent when it could just be misunderstanding. But it's as I reference in this dream thing. I just, I don't like hypocrites. I don't like people who are unfairness. I don't like cheaters. I, I get worked up over it sometimes. It's not my desire to get views necessarily. It's some particular issues. What's the word? Yank my goat or whatever. They just, uh, they struck, struck, they strike a nerve with me and I can become overly 
emotional about the issues, and I feel as though whatever drama that was back then with between H3, H3 and some ordinary game, I, I, I clearly got too emotionally invested for stupid reasons. Jordan Peterson and practicing what you preach. Thoughts on Jordan Peterson? Um, you can look up my rambles on the dude. I don't like talking about him. People who like him are very obsessive. The funniest thing I've seen recently about Jordan Peterson is a picture of him live streaming with his house in complete disarray, dis disarray um, completely cluttered of garbage and whatnot. Not clean at all. And then it's a a clip of him, whatever, on the uh, Joe Rogan podcast, and him saying, if you can't even keep your own affairs in order, clean, whatever, you can't even clean your room, whatever, um, who are you to give advice to people? He's coming out with a new book, 12 More Rules for Life, or whatever. Considering the complete disarray that his life has been in recently, it's just funny that he's, uh, at this point, releasing a book to tell, or at least advise people on how to live their lives. When clearly his house is not in order. Comes across as a person who doesn't practice what they preach. My favorite old clip got very few views. One of my favorite clips that is non-GTA 5 got like next to no views. I want to show it to you guys. I find it funny. Tell me if I'm crazy. Just enjoy this together. It's old school dark vibe from like a bajillion years ago. This game's hard. I'm also very sleepy though. Save the game. Happy I saved the game. Oh, I did it again. Okay. It won't break! No! Oh god. We did it, chat. Yay. God damn it. No, no, no! We did it, chat. It just goes forever. <laughs> it's really good. <laughs> ah, it's good shit. Be sure to like the video and subscribe to my channel. It costs you nothing, and I wish you all the best.